All right, welcome to the Pacers Group Message Podcast, well known as the PGM Podcast. Uh, we're back in action. Some would say uh, that we watch, talk, and listen way too much uh, of the NBA not to jump on here and do a podcast. Today I'm joined with Dallas Harris, Mitch Green, and Evan Floyd. And the reason we do this uh, is because we love the Indiana Pacers. It's something that we all get excited about. It's something that we tweet about, we text about. Uh, it's something that we cry about. It's something that we laugh about. And so we want to bring that conversation to you. So the PGM is back, uh, and we're, we're ready to go. Uh, we're ready and what's, to... what's your name? Oh, and I'm Luke Calvert, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's, go. that's good. Go. No, no, I appreciate that, Dallas. Yeah. Um, boys, let's, let's just jump into it. I think it's obviously inevitable uh, that we're going to talk about this. The, one of my maybe probably top five, well, let's say top three, uh, Pacer off-seasons as a fan. Uh, extremely enjoyable, one that I was extremely bummed about and extremely excited about within the span of an hour. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll talk absolutely. about that. Yeah. We'll talk about that hour uh, here within uh, this segment, but let's just talk about the Pacers off-season. What were your expectations going in? What did you, who did you think that we were going to grab? What were the reports of who, when, where, and why? Uh, and then, obviously, the outcome of, of the players that we got. So let's just have a chat about those players um i think we should a good place to start would probably be draft night yep um to start with i don't even remember who tweeted it um but somebody oh i think it was um uh diggy v mm. tweeted something about the pacers trading miles up <laughs> yeah to the to, to the get fourth. to the fourth pick everybody's yeah. like what the fuck? and everyone's like <laughs> what, the, what the heck like did dicky v just drop a bombshell yeah. and it wasn't a perk, um, it wasn't a perk bomb <laughs> no and, it wasn't and all of us were just kind of we like i think 10 out of the however many of us in the in the group were talking about that at that time and um as true pacers news would have it Nothing that comes out is yeah, right. ever true about That's the Pacers. That's the hardest thing about being a Pacers um, fan. Yeah. And then I feel like two hours later, Woj tweets that TJ Warren's going to get moved. 30 minutes later, he's to the Pacers, and we get the 30-second pick. Mm, and yeah. it's like, all right, we gave James Jones and the Suns a dead bush and a steak dinner for a guy who can light <laughs> up the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. So. I think that what, was a what really... Was, what was that? Uh, a dead bush <laughs> and a nice steak dinner. I've, I've <laughs> never heard of that. Never, that's, um, a new, that's a new phrase to me. So, I'm usually the one with the phrases. <laughs> right now. So um, I thought, I mean, that was an exciting way to start the night. And, and then we took uh, the big guy Goga out mm. of the Republic of Georgia. We'll, yeah. get, to, and we'll get to big bad man, dogs. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that was just the start. And it went from crazy to yeah. crazier. Um, and then Rubio rumors to mm. Phoenix with the overpay to Bogey's definitely staying to he left and mm. it got crazy quick. Yeah. yeah. What do we think about Mitchell through this to you? What, where were you at with the Rubio? Like, did you want him? Did you not want him? Were you like everybody else and completely pooped on Rubio? Where were you at with that? <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't really want Rubio. I, I think I, it's obvious we needed a point guard. And so I think that's, that was, you know, getting a point guard was essential, and I didn't want us to bring back who we had. And honestly, as I thought about that, it was like, okay, Ricky Rubio is not a bad option, but what's he going to cost us? Yeah, right. Um, and and that was that was kind of the big deal to me. I didn't want only Ricky Rubio. Mm. Um, and so if he was a side piece to us signing someone else, yeah. you know, if he was just part of the equation, that's great. But when you start hearing he's your number one yeah. target, 
and you're like, and like he's what we're going after, and you got D'Angelo Russell still sitting there, yeah. you know, yeah. and you think there's a slim yeah. potential you can get him. I mean, you're sitting there, and I, you're like, man, I, I don't, I, I hope that we're not just going to leave this with with Ricky Rubio. So, I don't, someone I mean, that came out that yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know this till recently. We just heard that the Pacers needed a point guard, and Rubio was the guy yeah. that we were going to go after. I personally thought there was always an option or the possibility that Collison or Joseph would come back. Yeah, well, I thought we'd bring Grant, one of them back. Right, universally agreed. Yeah, right. I, it was at least a possibility. Yeah. And then Collison retired like two days before free agency, and that's a whole thing. Which nobody saw that coming. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I didn't know is a couple of days ago I saw something that said Ricky Rubio wanted to come to the Pacers to play with Bogey. Yes, I saw that. No, I and, saw that. Same and that article. was not mentioned one time. Right. Yeah. No yeah. one that in our group has never. Right. It's never been a thing. No one's ever thing. thought of and it. I've, no I one never knew about. No that. one in our group mentioned mm-hmm. it, even thought about it, and I thought that was really interesting. And it's even funnier. It doesn't it mean it's it's funny to me that he goes to the team that quit on Rubio, right. not quit on him, but said. We need there's the window is open and we need to make this happen. Right. Um, well, and, and so, so, right. so the article that I read said that once Bogey left, Rubio he was changed he, Rubio changed his mind. So, right. Yeah, like he re, like he wanted to play with Bogey that yeah. bad that that was the, which honestly like great for us. Right. Yeah. So, I, I mean, mean a Pacers so, doing some recruiting. Sorry, Rick. More than right. uh, but, uh, more than Paul George ever did. So, but that's so, topic so, so, so that, not to, I don't want to get <laughs> Ricky Rubio does not deserve near this no, amount man, of our shit time. On him. Like, but, no, but, it would have been bad for Pacers. <laughs> but now. to say yeah. so, I just read an article on my way over here. I'm just it popped up randomly on Facebook and. It was I don't know like somehow because I was probably looking at all Suns stuff with the trade like I yeah. get Suns yeah, stuff on happens. my thing yeah. all the time and so I'm reading this article about Ricky Rubio and as it as it, it's all these different NFL or sorry, NFL NBA executives opinions mm. on Ricky Rubio and all of them man like just the dog in the Suns for mm-hmm. for wow. what they they're well, like they, they could like, they give him 17 a year which yeah oh they're like can't believe you pay him that much they're like. I mean, it's. I mean, it's just. I mean, there was not a positive. I'm with you. I didn't want Rubio, but if we got him, I could see where Pritchard was coming. I think we wouldn't be surprised because that fits with your typical Pacers small market. Their version of moving the needle forward. in playoffs two seasons ago, though, Ricky Rubio. I mean, he was he was great. Well, so and then my high school self. Like thinks of seventeen year old Ricky Rubio, and right. I'm lighting like, up, oh man, lighting like, up Europe yeah. and coming yeah. to Minnesota. Like, yeah, that and sounds being, fun. Being yeah. the next Steve Nash. Right. But again, when yeah. when D'Angelo Russell's on the board, when there's, mm-hmm. I mean, other potential it options. It was just, it was yeah. just an unprecedented summer league wide with forty percent of the league being free agents yeah. and just an absurd amount of yeah, money floating around. I think, I think this is something that we can't miss on now that we got here on this podcast. I don't think we meant to be here, but we're here. Really quickly. Mitch, you said it perfectly, and I did it myself with the YouTube, um, you know, magic as I start to watch all these players that I think the the Pacers. Yeah, I get done with an hour of Ricky Rubio highlight tape and think that he's going to be a great three-point shooter. Um, Oh, my God. (laughs) But what we do as Pacer fans, and I think this is an NBA fandom thing anyway, but specifically for us, as Evan alluded to, as the small market, we begin to fantasize about things that we shouldn't even enjoy. It's like our guilty pleasure. I start to think about what the things, well, you know, I do think Rubio, he might be able to shoot it, you know? I, <laughs> I saw some highlights where that man could, he could, that, 
oh my gosh, yeah, he's finishing at the rim pretty well. And then I go to the stats and they just tell me something else. It's just funny. I think how, has there been a moment in your Pacer fandom, and I know I'm veering here, when you have tried to convince yourself, yeah, you know, Larry Bird, I think he may have made a good decision. <laughs> or, oh. what, you know, what, what's that player or scenario for you that you like, I convinced myself this is going to work out, well knowing this is not going to work out. And I defend it to this day. Um, two, two things. One's a player and one's a, a trade. The trade I defend to this day because I understand what Larry Bird was doing in trying to make the team better. Um, and it cost us it cost us a title. I know what you're going to say, and I, um, I, uh, I agree. Is it Turner? It's, it's not yeah, popular. it's Turner. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with the logic behind the move. Danny Granger was hurt and had been hurt for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Was not playing meaning, meaningful minutes impactfully. Yeah. And he said, I can go get the former number two pick. Who cannot who shoot played, the basketball. Who has, played minim, who has played meaningful minutes, can play point guard off the bench, and I can get a backup <laughs> four who we don't have, and I can make my number one seeded team already better. Mm-hmm. On paper, he did exactly that. Now, Turner comes in and got in Lance's face, and David right. West recently said once we traded Granger, everyone in the locker changed. room and, knew we were over. And, and but. Right. When we look back at that and we look at how we reacted as the rest of that season unfolded, and we universally coined it as Operation Shit the Bed, right? It's mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. what happened. On paper, it, you know, you're only making your strength stronger. Absolutely. You're a number one seed. You're, you're fortifying that great team. And – what do we do now as fans? We do it all the time. We beg Kevin Pritchard, you know, whoever, to go out there and do that type of move right. all the time, knowing we went through a situation like that where, you know, once, and this is from the perspectives and, like, testimonies of the players and coaches on that team, yeah. mm. whether you go to Zach Lowe's podcast right. where he had with Evan Turner yeah. and, and other stuff like that where they talk about that. It's just, like, the chemistry – is a real thing. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's other things too, but it's funny how like we easily forget that because yeah, we're well, so we, we beg them. We with. beg them to do that knowing full well, if it doesn't work out, we're going to rip them for it anyway. Right. right. It, it just made me think, and we can, we can move on and talk about the players. That, situ- that situation. And I always loved yeah. Troy Murphy. Troy Murphy will always be <laughs> the Pacers, oh the Pacers gosh. gift that we missed. Travis Diener. <laughs> uh, but I just think it's so funny as a Pacer. I mean, it's hard to, I mean, I'm sitting here like starting to reminisce on like convincing myself that Tyler Hansborough was decent. Well, and, but, but to answer your question, I think if we're honest. It's every, it's every pick. It's just the ones that work out. Every right, pick, yeah. every trade, yeah. everybody we get, all of us are so it's, high on. It's, it's the Monte Ellis I, and Tyreek Evans. We go back why to the, is that's that right. It, it's because it's because the it's the small market, yeah. and we don't get anybody who well, comes it's here. And and so when we, yeah. so <laughs> well, right. So but it's, but, I, believe, but fans, I believe it's heightened. But Lakers in fans don't do that. Celtics fans don't do that. It's when it's when you get somebody that you because because to, to, to Lakers fans, if they brought Brogdon in. It'd be like you're hitting it perfectly. It'd be like yes. okay, he's good, but he's not an all star, and we get all stars, and that's what moves the needles to us. It's Malcolm Brogdon's a near all star level point guard, and he is 
a perfect fit with Oladipo when he comes back. He's what the Pacers need. So when we get a guy like Ellis and we get a guy like Tyreek Evans who are coming off of really good years, years. in their past stints, Although Ellis Monte with Ellis the Mavericks, walk. Ellis with the Mavericks and yeah. Evans with the Grizzlies, we're excited because we're like, they're bringing that exact thing to the Pacers. When we traded for Thad Young, I remember looking at my dad and be like, he averaged 18 and 11 for the Nets. Like, yeah. he's going to come here and be a beast. And he goes, well, you realize the Nets were horrible. But and he I was, was like, good. Dad, come on. <laughs> I promise he was decent. <laughs> no. Psychologically, though, you have your small markets and, and you know, mid-sized markets are psychologically and in other ways deprived of that of the glamour of consistently signing big names of consistently giving that energy to fan bases it's not just an NBA it's baseball it's there's a difference between you know like a, a star signing with the New York Yankees and a star signing with you know like San Diego Padres take Manny Machado it's like yeah right, we want to sign the Yankees sign Machado all right New York's just like all right. New York goes, who else can we That's what we get? were supposed to do. And yeah. who's next? That's yeah. who we are. Who, right. Who, who's next? San Diego, people are throwing a parade. People right. yeah. are making it, you know, a, a holiday. Shout out to Oklahoma City. Right. And that's why. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it makes sense, like, yeah. when you think about that. So when you can make sense of it, I think people can come together and kind of talk about that and mm-hmm. rein that into right think about it in a more practical way that'll help it's almost like it's almost like if you could sum that up and bottle it to a Mm -hmm. 40 minute microphone headphone sit around in a circle almost like you should do that with (laughs) a podcast (laughs) about the teams in which you fantasize over well i I think it's just crazy too because you the nba makes so many efforts that like on paper should help the small market team yeah but none of them ever well, matter. You, well, Players sign one-year deals, it's the, it's even the, though they can get that's more exactly money. What, they, that's exactly so what the they NBA were doing. making with, those decisions based off of the NBA's perspective and people making decisions, or are they actually tuned in and synchronized with players on an everyday basis? Well, are they a, talking that's to exactly, their families? Are they talking to their friends? Because mm-hmm. you're going to get two different Right. Yeah. Perspectives. Well, yeah. we got Malcolm Brogdon, Jeremy Lamb, yeah, TJ Warren. Let's get to our actual offseason. Goga <laughs> Batad's day. Now, Goga is by far, obviously, the best player we got this summer. Um, <laughs> listen, I wish you all could see the text feed as as everybody <laughs> honestly, and, I, and we're being honest, we, we've... Before this moment, Luke's going to tell us something different, and he'll 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 get to it. We didn't know we didn't know who the clue we who who the heck we just drafted. Other than me, but but Luke mm-hmm. is like with instant is like this guy, future all star, best center in the league. I'll, I'll tell you a story real quick. I was watching I was watching with the draft with him live and before the draft started. He looked at me because they showed Sekou Dumbia on the on the screen. Just who I wanted because he who was ranked number Detroit. one and Gogo was two international. And he said, rings, right? yeah. and he said, that kid, speaking of Dumbia, is going to be insane. And the guy who all the reporters didn't talk to, who is next to Zion, he's going to be really good, too. Thank you, Dallas. I give Luke credit. And I'm going home he's now. Absolutely, he's absolutely <laughs> correct. He, he is correct. He is, I believe he is going to be I, very good. I think everyone needs to forget fit. You cannot at the 18th pick. You cannot focus on well, fit. Well, that's what Pritchard alluded to. Right. He talked about it. He said people in the league go fit 
immediately. And if you're if you're not that exact piece, that exact style, in that way, in that exact in moment, that year, right, exactly. Aaron Holiday, because the Pacers did, did. Did Aaron Holiday fit the no, team? We had two no, we guards. had two players exactly. who were going to clearly start over exactly, him. exactly. And uh, no the Pacers one, are not no one winning the, winning the title of? this year. The Pacers aren't winning Slow the title down. this year. No, I'm like I'll say likely not winning the title. Um, and he took the best player available. In right. worst case scenario, he gives it, he gave us another valuable right. trade chip. But continue. Look, yeah. I, yeah. Look, here we go. So um, obviously, guys, we talk about these seven free agents last year. Yeah. You know, Pritchard set it up so well that we're going to have all this cap room and. That's actually exactly what happened. Rarely does that work out that way. Seven of those free agents, boys, how many of them return? Zero. Zero. Thank God. Opening up a bunch of cap room. Now, here's the question I want to pose to you. Uh, which of the guys in which we won't have back next year will you miss the most, and why? Give me. Let's just go short, quick hitters here. Uh, the popular answer that all of us want to say, and I encourage us not to say because it's obvious, is, is bogey. Um, I think Pacers, casual Pacers fans, I say casual because a lot casual Pacers fans probably don't know his name. The people who watch the Pacers but aren't truly, truly invested, it's like, oh, we lost Bogdanovich, how are we going to replace him? He was so good. He really developed his game here. He was great. The guy I'm going to miss the most is Thaddeus, is Thaddeus Young. Young. I knew you'd say yeah. that. Um, I, I disagree, but I knew you'd say that. The overhated. I'm right there with you. The overhated team captain who didn't fill up the box his, score every yeah. night. But his impact on the court, defensively and offensively, and you could say like special teams if we if we want like he did everything. Yeah. The hustle, the never quit attitude, the way he carried himself on and off the court, he set the tone for our team. He set the tone in the locker room and for the culture of this Pacers of this Pacers team. Um, and he's and he's the guy I'm gonna miss most by far. That Thaddeus Young will probably be the most twelve points six board guy in the NBA. I mean, you look in the locker room, he had a David West type of impact on the locker room. Not in terms of Sarge, but more in terms of it of was gel. Assuming Vic is healthy that whole year, it's Vic's team, but it's it's Thad's locker room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but and, and I think an important thing is is I agree with you 100% and if you would ask me this six months ago, I'd be shitting on Thad Young because it's what I was doing. Yeah. So it's my relationship with Thad Young has come a long way. And this pertaining to this question, it's also contingent upon who did we sign after Correct. losing Thad Young. I think we've, you know, compensated for Bogey's loss by getting a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot, by getting multiple guys who could score the basketball. Absolutely. Who have a lot of versatility, who can do multiple things which we'll always we'll, – we're going to keep talking about that, the roster stuff. But if we didn't sign those guys, then Bogey's absence shines a lot more. Right. right? Absolutely. I think that's the best way to think about that question. Like, like yeah. I think what you just said, it, when you pose the question, who do we miss now, I think it's Thad Young. Yeah. I, I, think, I think that's the easy answer. If you would have asked us, like you said, who are we going to miss the most? Who do you want to bring back? We're going to say bogey. Right, but but exactly. I think you look at it right now, and, and we think about our team, and we've talked about this. You know, okay, if we're going to go big, which is the way we talk, it's like, okay, who is going to guard Giannis? Exactly. We don't who, have somebody. Who's going who's, who's gonna to guard 
Who do LeBron we need James. more than anyone right now? Thadnia? Yes. Now I'm not saying I'm not saying he's like a lockdown defender, but yeah. he's a he's a good enough he, defender for Giannis's Robert daddy Robert. for a couple yeah. nights exactly. this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah, but that did not last long. Yeah. Luke, so, who who are you who are you gonna miss? My, it's, mine is Bogey, and and I, I I'm not a casual fan. Um, so oh no, no. please bullshit. don't throw me. No, 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 that's not what I meant. Don't throw that. the baby out with the bathwater here. But um, <laughs> I honestly think that I almost treat Bogey like. He was an infant, and he's no longer an infant because of it. <laughs> I mean, kind of like his development. His was, development was incredible. Was Dan Burke yeah. will probably have a lasting impact on his life. His his money, the four year seventy something million that he got in Utah, yeah. has yeah. a lot to do with. Speaking Dan Burke. of money, I feel like the guy. Both Thad Young and Bogey got over overpaid. So did Corey Joseph. Uh, Thirteen million, yeah. uh, almost. Uh, he got overpaid as well, which is a good sign from our from our. And standpoint. I think I think Darren Collison, had he not retired, would have got overpaid by the Lakers. Yes, yes. I, I thought I thought I mean he had a great. And I think I think I Darren like, Collison, Darren Collison, should be talked about as the number two guy we'll miss. Um, I, I want to say something because he he was never fully appreciated here yeah. either. So he wasn't hated on. But. Who is your okay? So I w- I would say that we would all say our favorite free agent signing would be Malcolm Brogdon. Is that fair? Yeah. It's either him or Jeremy yes. Lamb or TJ McConnell. I'm a we big, traded for I'm, I'm Warren, a big fan of, in different ways. <laughs> but I think, I mean, I think everyone can naturally, like, how can you not appreciate yeah. Brogdon for the game, the character, the fit? But, but yeah. We did yeah. technically trade for Brogdon. But he was a sign and trade. He was a, so he was a restricted free agent. Well, so we he had yes. to pick up. No, I get you. So that was important. That's important. And we took Warren into cap space. Right. Essentially, that's so in, that's we essentially in, signed him. Yeah. So that's important for Pacer fans to know is that Brockton picked us. He yeah. he had to sign off on a, him coming. Correct. Well, it, and that's when you. It was essentially you, waving a no trade clause. Thank you. Yeah. You know, and when we listened to the press conference, you know, and he's talking. Gosh, you know, he just won Indy over. Oh, he's he wanted to come here for a long time. Well, that's what he that said. He said was his, his maybe team. the single greatest first impression. It was in Pacers history. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you if you compare it to T.J. Warren and and Jeremy Lamb, it was <laughs> even <Yes>. better. <laughs> yes, <laughs> continue, Mitch. No, no, no. But I'm just saying, like what what we're alluding to, you know, before he was drafted. He said the number one fit that his agent had for him was the Indiana Pacers. And and so that I mean that's huge. I mean it's huge that he wanted to be here. I mean, yeah. yeah no, absolutely. Now, so we we obviously got Malcolm Brogdon, Jeremy Lamb, TJ Warren, TJ McConnell uh in Goga Batadze. I love Goga. I really like uh uh Justin Holiday. Yeah, Justin Holiday. Oh, sorry, and Justin Holiday. I like Brogdon, I like Lamb, I like Warren. I I have a concern about Brogdon I want to speak with you guys my concern not his left foot although many will say probably that's their biggest concern it, it, it happens yeah now we forget that kevin durant broke his foot missed an entire year no one talks about it anymore right uh there was our medicine nowadays met, yeah i'm articles. not uh, back like to the vic thing i'm not saying 100 percent guaranteed he's the same player or even better yeah but i feel good about it just because of medicine yeah. But. yeah so we lose we lose a little, a hint over six assists a game in Darren Collison, and we we got Malcolm Brogdon, who's going to play our point guard, and he only averaged 3.2 assists. Talk about, is that a concern for you? Was it because he was playing alongside Bledsoe in the Giannis kind of point forward? Bledsoe, obviously a point guard as well, but playing off the ball. 
well, I know Brogdon played a little bit more off the ball than he will ever in Indy, more than likely. So is that is that was that just solely the three point two assist there, or are we missing half as, half the assist that Collison brought? And will we have to find that somewhere else? Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I think it's obviously the if there's a concern, it's the concern. You know, I was hoping, you know, as I was looking through that, that I would go to the Bucks and I would see that they're in the bottom half of the NBA in assist, but they're not. <laughs> you know, they've fallen right about – I think they fell in at sixth this year. And if you know – And it's just per game. system that <laughs> so. thrives off of being able to move that ball, and, and, and that's how you make a good shooting team thrive. Exactly. And, right. so, and so I think it is the concern. I think the other thing for me, too, is when Giannis, you know, Giannis goes in the lane, people collapse, you can prop the – you can pop the ball out to Brogdon. He gets a lot of open shots. This is what. So, so, so to me, I think that also means that his great shooting statistics, we have to realize that there's nobody on the Pacers um, with that much aggression. Probably ever, but at least for most of this next season, who's going to draw that amount of attention yeah. that he's no, going to get mean, the shots the, he got. Right. He's, so the, eighth player, he's the eighth player to ever do 50, 40, 90 in a full season. It's very, that, there's a lot to be said and, there. And, and that. That point goes to this, and I think if you're a good, efficient shooter and scorer, you're a good, efficient shooter. Absolutely, and, and I'm not saying he's his, not. I think his looks will be his looks will definitely be harder to come by, and especially before yes. it gets back. Yeah. To the assist point, he might it goes back to what he Mitch might be said. running more of a traditional point. It goes back to what Mitch said, and to what you said with him and Bledsoe. Yeah. Giannis, there were t- late in the game. If it's close, last six minutes of the game, Giannis is bringing the ball up and initiating mm-hmm. everything. And and if he's not, a lot of the times they're running a set for who, Chris Middleton. Right. Um. So I think it's yes, Collison averaged six assists, and Brogdon only averaged what was it three point two. Three point two. I think you put Collison on the Bucks. And he played what Brogdon played. He probably averaged something more like five. Yeah. And if you swap Brogdon is. with Collison last year, he probably averaged more like four and a half. Yeah. yeah. So will we? Will he get to six? I'm gonna say I'll be surprised if he does. Um, but I think yeah. he'll definitely get four to four and a half. Well, his half. shooting percentages are going to go down. They, yeah. they, they have to. He's, let's just be honest. And, and his assist percentages are going to go up. The question is if, if, if it's enough either, either way. He's not going to shoot 42.6% from the three. But the question Love for me is is, yeah, even, is, is even more so is if you look at this type of roster that we have now compared to what we had, you look back at the roster we previously had the past couple of years, it makes sense to run a more traditional style offense because you can just hone in every day on the efficiency model, which is what we got. We did a very simple thing over and over and over again, and we just focused in on that hardcore, and guys had their career years. You know, you look at Collison. That's exactly You look at Bogey, you look at Thad. So, but the thing is, is if you want to get better, if you want better results, you can't take that type of system, that type of offense or, or defense, whatever, and run it with this group of guys. The guys you know, we have now. Correct. That's, the that's only, suicide. The if only that is modern the case. thing about our offense last year was Miles Turner being a stretch five. Right. Yeah. And it shows because. He didn't even take that he, many threes. And he's not even that much of a str- – we, we didn't well, utilize him the way co- we should. Correctly. Or correct. Um, you had a, a pass-first point guard in Collison, mm-hmm. a slashing elite two-guard in Oladipo, a spot-up shooter of what he's, he's – a sniper is what he was known yeah. as. He developed 
he developed moves off the off the dribble in in Bojan. and then Thad is a bruiser. He's a little bit more nimble than probably your prototypical four from yeah, the 1990s and the early 2000s. Um, but essentially, I mean, he's close enough. And then Miles is really the one modernized thing. And then you go back to defense, and he's an elite shot blocker. So it's just I, that's exactly the point. It was our offense was exactly traditional. And next year it's not going to be yeah. at least as much, right. and that's what's exciting. Pacer fans better hope not, right? Because <laughs> yeah, it, and that's the thing is we can talk all day long about what's going to happen is if you, when you run a, a newer system that you have to run a system that plays to the versatility that we now have. Can McMillan yeah. do that? Is that, the question, right? And that's I think the big thing is 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 all right. Is Pritchard is saying I'm giving you so many options that was the goal for this offseason that's yeah. why he designed those contracts to all expire at the same time because that gives you options it gives you versatility and even more so with the guys he put on this team yes it gives us the offense we needed it gives us yeah. the youth that we needed it, it puts us on the same timeline so they can still grow together mm. so it's, i've given you what you need and they can it's you know there's a lot of things that we can use to our advantage because every single guy in that starting lineup plus three or four more guys can score the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, I think it's as much the versatility is with the second unit. It's probably more with the second unit than it is the starting unit. Yeah. That's where I think it's going to be interesting is how creative can we be with that second unit? And, and what's it going to look like night in, night like out? Playing, like playing McDermott at the four, which is my secret and weapon. How's it gonna, at the, how's at it the end look? of yeah. the year last year, he was playing Bogdanovich and McDermott together, and one of them was playing the four. Which He play, he did it for like eight games. Give yeah. me give me and Doug. Those stretches, give me Doug, the Pacers offense was cooking. Doug, both why? holidays. Ask, ask yourself why. And you take away the predictability mm-hmm. that their traditional look gave opponents. It's easy to converge on a guy because if you play a traditional style of basketball, all right, we're going to make a game plan where we're going to lock up Victor Oladipo. Mm. All right, that's why we're scoring did. 76 points a game yeah. because yeah. it's predictable. And it's if you look at this roster, all right, you guys it can do a lot of different things. If you look at Brogdon last year, he brings the ball at the floor or he gets the ball and he'll dribble out behind the three-point line. And he does this thing where he will come right at you, where he will dribble very fast right at you, and it's very deceiving. And I think it throws a lot of guys off because they have to worry about Giannis, they have to worry about Middleton, yeah. they have to worry about a three-point shooting Lopez because he's now starting to put pressure on the defense. Guys don't know what to do right? because of that versatility and the, all the weapons around them. It's, you, know, you can think, all right, I'm just going to – Locked down on Brogdon. Okay, but if I do, this guy's going to get beat, or this guy's going to beat, and that's the good thing that you right. have with this roster. So, Absolutely. here's an interesting stat for us before we move on. Um, and then I have a question for us. Uh, T.J. Warren and Jeremy Lamb both attempted 4.2 three pointers a game. 4.2. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Jeremy Lamb thought 30, shot 34.8 percent. T.J. Warren shot. Uh, a shocking 42% um, from three. How many threes do you guys think that Bojan attempted per game? So they're both at 4.2. Where, where do you think, if you don't have the stat in front of you, where do you think? I'm going to go with six. But, but, I mean. Okay, six. I'm going to say f- just under four. Just under four? Yeah, like 3.8. 
ironically, I don't think it's as much as people think. I think he was selective, but the way he played, he was able to get a lot of open looks, and because of that, it, he was very efficient. I'm four, five, five max. Yeah, he he attempted four point eight. Yeah, four point eight. Four point eight. So four point eight with Jeremy Lamb uh, and T.J. Warren now on on different teams with different worlds and different rosters, but they combined for eight point four threes a game. Yeah. Um, so I think they'll combine for more like. Six. Seven, seven and a half. Yeah, so we're going to supplement. Yeah. We'll supplement Bogdanovich's shooting with two or three more guys. I mean, you, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, you know, he shot 42% and attempted 3.8. Uh, so we have three-point shooters who are going to shoot the three. Now, here's the question before we're leading to what we kind of want to finish with today. What, wh- which team in the NBA has a better backcourt than the Indiana Pacers? Assuming, when, when Victor's assuming healthy, Victor, every, Victor, everyone in the Victor league is, is Victor, and we have Brogdon added to that. Which team in the uh, in the league name as many backcourts better than them that you can? Well, Portland and Golden State yeah, when Portland. healthy. I was gonna, I have a question about Portland. Yes, I thought about Portland. And it's, and it's the answer is Damian Lillard. I don't know what your question is, but the answer is Damian Lillard is better significantly than both Oladipo and Brogdon. Okay. All right, so we'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a healthy Golden State. I'll give you a healthy Portland. Is there another one? Yeah, I'm taking Houston. Is, can we count Houston? Yeah. So, I mean, Ro- so Rockets. Okay, there's three. I have them in, at, at top five. Can we name two more teams that, are be- or that have, have a better five one? better? No, I'm saying they're the top. Pace, the are, we are top five. Okay. We've got three. Rockets, this Golden State. NBA, obviously, not just the East. How, yeah. do we feel, how do we feel about Boston? Who's the guy? Who's the Kim backcourt? Walker, Jalen Brown. No. 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 Not better than us. I would like to talk about Kimba, but not better than us. <laughs> okay. I'm, this is not related, but I'm not a Jalen Brown believer. We'll talk about that at a later date, mm-hmm. but anyway. Name another, I mean, come on. We're at four currently. Name another one. This, this, this is, is going to be unpopular, but. It, it won't matter this year, but when he comes back, I, KD, if he's anything close KD to what he, it, no, if it, if he's anything I I close to what he say. was, uh, you have to throw Wall and Beal. Yeah, <sighs> that's what I was thinking. It, that's, that's, that's the, the only one. Evan, it's, it's, it's Evan, a wild that card. is dreadful. <laughs> no, dreadful to listen it. to. I'll, I'll defend it. Dreadful. Uh, no. I just thought that was that's so exciting. We who was, top, who we, was the fourth one that you had? We, I didn't have one. I'm just oh. saying I had us as a top you know, five. You the top five. Yeah, I had us as a top five. So we're, we're floating the, four or five now. So technically, if you don't have one, you have us in the top four. four. Um, top four, yeah. I'll say this. I'll say this. DeLon Wright and Luka Doncic. Watch out, sir. <laughs> um, guys, how exciting is that? That we have what I would say is the best rim protector. We have a top 15 rebounder. And we have top five backcourts in the NBA. That's on the Indiana Pacers roster. Nate McMillan, Dan Burke, that's up for you to, to make work. That's a, that's hey, a, Popeye that, Jones that, has a role, too. Popeye Jones, get yeah. in there. Start moving your, your eyes all weird. Uh, but when <laughs> keep, you, the, keep those pregame warm-ups going well. Speaking of which, we lost <laughs> David McClure to the Grizzlies. I didn't know that. He, yes, didn't, he did. didn't do anything. That was but, news that came out recently. Yeah. Although, anyway. we th- we, I, PGM almost just, had an interview with David McClure. That's true. We have <laughs> also. I no. think we have the best... I, th- I think this is true. I think we have the best two-way pair backcourt in the NBA. I, yeah, both I players, mean, top of the league in offense and defense. Yeah. Like when you or just that combo together, can you find another backcourt that can I mean, put it together? Uh, is Kawhi PG is not 
that's a I think we're yeah yeah so that's uh, pretty good so so no no it's interesting to think about so speaking about other eastern conference teams um western conference teams we talk about uh you know i, I kind of want us to excuse the western conference teams in this conversation but okay. um who had the best off season, can you rank them one through four? I'm only concerned with the four teams that you've put in the top. Uh, rank rank the best off season one through four of the Eastern Conference. Um, anybody can start. I'll run through them as you're as you're categorizing your teams. Uh, the Celtics got Kimba and Enos Cantor. Uh, I, I threw in Carson Edwards and Taco Fall. They just officially put Fall on the roster. Um, and Romeo you Langford. Dare respect and Romeo Langford. And Rome, like I, Romeo Langford. I have yeah, zero respect yes. for you. Uh, Philly, they lost Butler. Just had to add that in there because it feels good to my soul. Um, they got Al Horford, Josh Richardson, um, mm-hmm. and an assortment of others. I mean, Brooklyn won it. Um, Milwaukee got Robin Lopez. Hold your hands in your ears. Uh, and <laughs> Kyle Corver. And former Pacer Wes Matthews. And former pa- Pacer Wes Matthews. And then Indiana obviously got Brogdon, Lamb, Gogo Batadze, Warren, McConnell, and the latest addition, Justin Holiday. And Jakar Sampson. And Jakar Sampson, who <laughs> actually averaged 20 points a game for the Bulls last year, although he only played four games, and they were all bum games. All right, Evan, one through four. Give me... What we are categorizing as the beast, the beast of the East. Give me an off-season, one through four, Celtics, Philly, Milwaukee, Indiana. Oh, my. Celtics, Philly, Milwaukee, Indiana. Um, I think Milwaukee the, stays I think Milwaukee stays at the top. I think. But give me in rank their who had, off-season. Who had the best off-season. What they did one, two, three, or four. There's a, there's a clear four. Well, can we all agree that Milwaukee had a four off-season? No, I would say so. The worst off-season of the four. Compared to Indiana, Philly, and in Boston, in Boston, I think you can get away with saying one, two, or three. You could Boston, Philly, Indy. You could argue one. Well, that's between what those. Ar- four. That's what we're arguing. No, no, I'm saying there is a, there is a strong <laughs> this argument. This is a very cordial argument, right? <laughs> there's, now. A, there's a we strong. Well, there's a strong. Ar- there's a strong argument for each of those three. Yeah, I would. Say- I don't think there's a strong argument for Milwaukee. Milwaukee's last. I mean, losing. <laughs> Evan, nah, Evan doesn't bro. like that. I'm, yet. I'm, I will die on this hill because I think it just depends on what you mean by best. Because, yeah, the Pacers. How do you like their off season? I like, <laughs> I like Milwaukee's off season because you finish as the number one seed. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, you lose Brogdon. You lose Brogdon. You can't use that. You, Let him finish. Oh, you wait. You you lose Brogdon, and that's significant. All right, he was a huge piece of their team, but if you can replace. Brogdon I will with quality, respectable players who can play in, in their role, like Corver, like Matthews, and and guys like that. And you take some flyers on some guys like they're like they're doing. I think they're Matthews maintaining that, that in Indiana, number one by seed by doing that, <laughs> by losing out on by losing out on Brogdon. Matthews is going to be better because of the guys he's around. Keep that in mind. You think Matthews is going to benefit from? Playing outside by Giannis, Giannis is going to converge three guys in the paint, and he's going to be wide open. It's like the barber shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and, a, it's the barber shop on, on all the movies when you know they're having a pretty good conversation, and the guy in the corner is like, "Dude, you got to look at the, <laughs> all I'm saying look is at the whole season, bro. I don't, the visual, the I don't, narrative, man. I don't they're putting it together. I don't appreciate people just." 
disrespect in Milwaukee like that, not even putting him in a conversation. I, I mean, I feel like this is where we need a buzzer. <laughs> like, just... Mwa- <laughs> hey, Mitch, Mitch, give me your one through four You list. know I'm always off season. I don't, I don't... Don't take into the entire season or the last 20 I don't, years. I don't... I don't... I just need the off season. I, I don't, I don't want to give you my one through four. Of course. I, I want to spend my... So we got my, two I wanna, rebels. I want to spend my time... <laughs> Talking about the Celtics. Okay. I'm um, just giving a little bit of love here. So Love. Um, well, oh, so here's the deal. I, I've, I have watched, weirdly enough, um, more of the Summer League than I've ever watched in my life. Okay. I mean, I probably watched 15, 20 games in the Summer League. Um, fell in love with it this year. Thought it was fun. Thought it was great. I feel like the Celtics are on to something. I think they're starting something in the NBA that I don't know if I've seen other teams do it this way. It very much resembles to me kind of like a minor league baseball situation where they are signing these guys to contracts. And, and everybody has two-way, two-way deals. Everybody has, has all these things. But the way that they're using their two-way contracts and then the contract that they signed like Taco Fall to today, where, I mean, which is, which is a normal, it's a, what is it? It's a 10-something-something yeah, something, yeah. where it's like it can exception become a guaranteed de- exception 10. 10. Exhibit, exemption sorry. 10. It can become a guaranteed year deal. It cannot. I'm not, obviously, every team does these things. But everybody else that does these things, I feel like they do it with guys that are either flyers or they do it with guys that they're just filling spots on the roster. I mean, to do this with people where you're already going to sign Carson to a guaranteed deal, you're going to get Taco Fall, who was great. I mean, I mean, we was really exciting in the summer league. I think they're doing something where they are adding so much depth and they're almost adding like a farm system. Um, to them in the NBA, They're so again, following the analytics and the science, it's, yeah. it's, it's a it's a and very it's it's very then. they're smart. It's very interesting. I'm not saying again, like nobody looks at the again the current NBA. Everybody looks at your top three players. Okay, everybody looks at your top three players, and what and what they say is they base your entire team off of the stars that you have on their team. You got this other team over here that is taking guys, they're locking them in through their development period of their career, and they are getting depth in ways that they can use these guys in trades later. Other people are going to be interested in them. Again, I'm not giving you my list because I want to spend my time addressing that, Mitch but I think be, it's super interesting. Mitch is going to be the first subscriber to the G-Pass, which is a uh, league pass. It's Twitch, baby. League pass, <laughs> yeah, league pass for, Twitch now. for the, the, the Summer League combined with the G. No, and I'm not, Luke, I'm not, again. Luke, I will actually, sorry to cut you off, yeah, Mitch, but I will give you no, your actual it. list. I am giving you mine as well. Um, no disrespect to Evan here, but on paper, Milwaukee lost the offseason if we're talking these four teams. Which is exactly what we're doing. Um, I'll reiterate that one more time. <laughs> Philadelphia, <laughs> Philadelphia secured the best starting five. Um, they have no bench to speak of whatsoever. That's also it starts extremely with, debatable. It starts with Mike Scott and, and they also ends have a with Mike time Scott. Bomb on their team right they have now. no. T- um, they have their timetables off. They their fit is way off. Everyone's saying wait for Embiid to be mentored by Horford. No, like it, it doesn't fit on the basketball court to me. It, unless you st- really, you unless you, <laughs> unless you really stretch Horford way out. And Horford you, will play the four. And you don't clog if you don't clog the paint for Simmons, who's going to want to be there? Are you putting Horford? Or is, is Horford taking Bosch's role in the in the in the my in the Heatles in the Heatles age, where he's going to sit in the corner? Heatles age. The Heatles is what they were called. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, Celtics came, I think, out net positive in the Kyrie Kemba switch because I personally think Kyrie is is overrated. Selfies. He. 
dictates too much. Right. He dictates the ball too much. He runs ISO too much, throws up crap. He's not a good leader. Okay. Them losing Horford and Baines is going to be horrid. Losing Marcus Morris is going to be bad. Their stats with Baines on the on the on the on the court defensively were incredible. Last and season. Cantor is a net negative on he defense. You might as well be playing four yeah. on five. No, I agree. And then this Homer Pacers, I think on paper the Pacers brought in the most quantity quality. quality. So Pacers won. I'll give you mine because we're running out of time. Pacers won, Celtics two, Philly three, Milwaukee four. Um, I don't think that Kimba Walker will continue 25 points a game, uh, six assists a game, attempting, and I'm going to say this loudly, 8.9 threes a game. Yeah. I don't think that continues. Wow. Cantor is an awesome offensive player. What he did for Portland in the offseason last year was incredible. He's not going to do that for the Celtics. I think he'll be okay on the offensive yeah. end. They need to find a big that can play defense, which I think is going to be a huge advantage for us. Um, the funny thing is, the scary thing is, Horford was the best defender for Embiid in the NBA. So now that they're on the same team, that's the only thing that scares me about that matchup. But we no longer have to deal with the Boston Horford. We don't have to deal with the Boston, Boston Baines. I can't believe I'm saying that, but that's true. Uh, we have a big opportunity to take advantage of the Eastern Conference in ways in which we're playing them. We, play, we can play small against Philly. We can play massive against Boston. Yeah, Philly. I'm sorry, I'm laughing just because Aaron Baines is on Philly, the Suns. And I'll die on this hill, and I'll, I'll make the hot take, and I'll I'll take whatever you guys Milwaukee give me. Milwaukee Bucks be number one. Philly. <laughs> nope. This is my ranking. This is my ranking. You're getting it now. It's on the record. Pacers one. Um, the Bucks two. Boston three. Philly had the worst one in those four, and Philly is going to with the addition, self, They had. They are going to implode. I promise, whether it's for health or egos between uh, Embiid, Simmons, and I'm a, I'm a believer that, like, talent wins in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So Embiid, Simmons, I mean, Tobias Harris has, has proven that he can play. And I like Tobias Harris a lot. Like they, thank God they have someone like him to kind of Ooh. offset. But – it's a it's a ticking time bomb, right? With Embiid's health and the contract what? stuff that's coming up with all those guys. He's and Mitch Evan. Green, Pacers, Celtics, Phillies, and a lack of depth. Phillies, <laughs> Philly, Bucks. Yeah, Philly. Three Evan's times. doing exactly <laughs> what he told us he would do before we started recording, and he's thinking logically. I also know he hasn't said it yet, but he's contemplating the fact that Milwaukee spared so much cap flexibility going into the future yeah, they, by letting Brogdon go. Brog, and Brogdon, Brogdon. I agree with you. They, 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 were, they, they locked were, in Middleton for many years. Brogdon, Middleton, and Giannis could have been a could have been become I'm, a I'm, I agree with you that they're, they were a championship contending team, and it seems early to give up on that when you're one game from the finals or two games from the finals. What Philly did is they have Simmons – Harris, Embiid, and Horford locked in for the mm-hmm. next four, two of them, five years. Yeah. Josh Richardson, I think, has two years left on his contract. Right. Like but Josh they have no yeah. flexibility moving right. forward, even if, even if they wanted to get it, mm-hmm. they don't have it. I'll say this. Pacer fans, NBA fans, Dallas, Mitch, Evan, myself, we have an awesome year coming, coming up of Absolutely. NBA basketball. Uh, PGM is here. We want to bring you content via Twitter, via articles, podcasts, like we're just doing now. 
Uh, we have the Clippers, Lakers, Denver, B- Portland, Golden State Warriors, Rockets, Milwaukee, Indiana, Philly, Boston. You can throw the Nets in there. We have 11 teams that will be fighting for the Larry OB. I'm excited to see. Don't sleep on Toronto. I know they lost Kawhi. Toronto's yeah. not going to be very but good. They, um, no, that's, <laughs> that's a foul. Lock it in. No, they, sleep, there's man. a very good chance they win pa- 50 games. Parody, parody is back in the NBA, and that's only that, that, that only fares well for the Indiana Pacers. We had a big offseason. Um Adding Malcolm Brogdon, Jeremy Lamb, T.J. Warren, Goga Batad's Day, and Justin Holiday, T.J. McConnell, T.J. McConnell, T.J. McConnell. I try, I'm tired I'm, of people disrespecting. I still try to forget that we got T.J. McConnell because he hasn't means, signed yet. Yeah, but then Aaron Holiday may not play. But look. We're so excited to bring you content. We're so excited to be with you. Uh, Evan, Mitch, and Dallas, I thank you. We jump on here. We'll be back. Yep. See you next week. Uh, this is the PGM Podcast. Have a good See one, you guys. guys. See ya.